You're listening to Minor Talk On Demand exclusively on 600 ESPN El Paso. Stay up to date with Minor Talk by downloading the free 600 ESPN El Paso mobile app. UTEP fans, it's time to get ready for Minor Talk with Adrian Brodus and Sal Montez. Minor Talk is presented by the Oscar Dieta Agency. Seven locations across El Paso, celebrating 24 years of serving the Sun City and Legacy Wellness Center CBD. Call into the show at 880-5763 or tweet the show at 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. Now, let's go live to the Lubingo Studios with your host, Adrian Brodes. All right, welcome back. Minor Talk is live. He's Sal Montes. I'm Adrian Brodes. Together, we bring you Minor Talk after every UTEP football and every UTEP men's basketball game. 880-5763. That's the telephone number to get into the program. 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter and online. 600 ESPN El Paso.com. UTEP is 4-1. and one. That's where we begin today's show. UTEP outlasts Old Dominion 28-21. That is the final from earlier today. Look, let, let's just call it like it was. They were down 21-20 uh, late in the f- fourth quarter. Actually, it was about 12 minutes left in the fourth quarter when they had uh, a drive. And uh, let's just uh, call it like, it like how it actually happened. Um, Gavin Hardison goes to the locker room. It was Calvin Brownholtz, the backup quarterback pacing the ground in a nice way uh, and then Kevin Hardison comes back onto the field for a crucial third down play converts a uh, that that third down play with a 24 yard pass to Justin Garrett on the sideline a couple plays later Dion Hankins punches it in from three yards out Miners retake the lead after a two-point conversion is successful the defense holds Old Dominion three different times including taking an, an interception it was safety Davion Inyang who came up big in the end. Praise Mayhule had a, another great game and a huge sack uh, to really help Miners. The Miners solidify this win. But we're presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency. It's Miner Talk, and I'm just going to open up the phone lines right now to any Miner fan who wants to talk about this game. 880-5763. That's the telephone number to get into the show. 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. A lot of tweets to get to, but Sal Montes, UTEP, is 4-1 and one on the season, and they've got just two more games, two more wins to get under their belt in order to become bowl eligible for the first time since 2014. Definitely. And uh, how about this, Agent? Something we haven't heard in a long time. A win streak. <laughs> two uh, win streaks. Just got to start out small, right? And then you grow it out. But uh, two um, win streaks of two games, at least um, five games into the season. They're 4-1. and one, But uh, you're talking about how they need two more wins. They have a really, really good chance to get number five next week in Hattiesburg. I don't know if they still call it the Rock or not out there at their football field, but uh, a very very good chance to get a win. I think Southern Miss lost to Rice today. Something like 24-19. to 19. I'll have to double check if you have it. Please correct me. But uh, yeah, UTEP taking on a Southern Miss team that's coming off a loss against Rice. 
Sal, I'm just still so shocked because UTEP teams in years past, they lose games like this. Uh, They're down 21-20, and Hardison again goes to the locker room. Um, Most teams in years past from UTEP, they would feel deflated, they would feel uh, uninspired, and they would let that game go. And then even on some of those defensive possessions late in the game, I was really proud of that defense for holding strong. I know they gave up some plays. You saw the uh, unsportsmanlike conduct penalty that really set them back. You saw uh, some different just you know big plays that they allowed including that one 34 yard pass from DJ Mack onto the sideline in that final drive of yeah. for the Monarchs but despite all of that the defense holds strong defensive line came up big in the end I, I really was impressed by their blitzes whenever they they pretty much send the house and uh, for guys like Praise and Mayhule guys like Tyrese Knight linebacker for the Miners who had seven tackles Dennis Barnes the cornerback had two tackles for losses a sack and seven total tackles. Uh, I thought they came up big when it mattered most. That's the bottom line with this defense. Yeah, a variety of guys pitched in in a variety of ways. You look at the minor offense, uh, not the greatest day on the ground, but Hankins, despite not cashing in over uh, 100 yards on the ground, still was able to get you know what I mean? That touchdown, a big, big run, uh, especially when the Miners hadn't been doing so well on the ground. So the Miners able to punch it in there. Gavin Hardison, you look at the numbers, literally 510 for 20, short of 200 yards, but no interceptions. He was able to be efficient and also cash in on a lot of uh, third down conversions that the Miners needed. And then you switch it over to the defense. I mean, there's Barnes, there's Inyang, back-to-back uh, games with the pick as well. Number 23, Praise and Mehule. Um, I'll make sure I get all this on the on the stats. Also, Smith with the touchdown catch. Uh, credit to him. Uh, Garrett with his two-point conversion. We can go on and on, Adrian, but the fact is this was a real UTEP Miners win. It really was, Steve. Uh, I mean, excuse me, Mal. Thank uh, Sal. Thank you for the, for the compliment. <laughs> I love it. Hey, Sal, you know, one of the biggest things about this one that I was really impressed with is you didn't see too much on the ground again from the Miners. Mm-hmm. I, it seemed like Old Dominion was really stifling that run uh, defense that they had. 46 carries for the Miners, 142 on the ground. Just really couldn't get a lot of things going, but that passing game was really impressive for them offensively. 191 through the air for Gavin Hardison. He was 10 of 20 today, a pair of touchdown passes. Uh, I was, again, very impressed with Jacob Cowing. Just four catches today, but goes over the 100-yard mark again. He has nine career 100-yard-plus games, and we'll talk a little bit about his uh, historical significance in this UT. At Miners program, but Jacob Cowing, what a great game as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Sal, we could talk about the the bads in this game, of course. You can nitpick all you want. There were some definite, definite uh, questionable calls at times by this UTEP uh, coaching staff, but you know what? I, I'm throwing all those things away. It's a it's time to be positive. This team is 4-1 and one for the first time since 2010. They had a, mm-hmm. home, a win on homecoming, which was actually oh. the first time since 2014 when they actually beat Old Dominion. We'll get into that game, and it's just historical yeah. uh, significance as well but cool but just to, that one. but just to like uh, stay on on topic right now this UTEP win is so big for this program and now they just need two more wins out of the rest of the games that they have that's what that's what's so big right now 8805763 telephone number to get into the program we're also at 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter where we're opening up uh, the conversation right now to everybody give us your thoughts on this one we also have a poll question up right now who was the player of the game in your opinion? You could respond in our poll that we have at 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. Quarterback Gavin Hardison, wide receiver Jacob Cowing, defensive end 
praise of Mayhule or safety Davion Inyang. Give us a call. Send us a tweet, 880-5763. That's the telephone number to get into the show uh, as we continue here on Minor Talk. Steve-On Rustler tweets us right now. There are fans like Eric Fournier that give up when UTEP is down in the second half, but Dana Dimmel did some great coaching after that bad third quarter. They will go bowling. That's what Steve says on Twitter. Herman Flores tweets the show, not pretty, but UTEP got the win. Game should have been put away by halftime. If it wasn't for uh, Praise's head-butting quarterback, which led to the touchdown with 30 uh, seconds left. Well, I understand where you're coming from, Herman. UTEP should not have allowed that touchdown at the end of the first half. Mm-hmm. I don't really, you know, Praise uh, had that unsportsmanlike conduct penalty on him. I don't really put all the blame on him. I put the blame of also on that secondary for kind of caving at points in that on that drive. And I also think that, you know, uh, Old Dominion shouldn't have scored on that pump block. Pump block for oh, a man. touchdown? That's a head scratcher right there. Two games this year, Sal, where the special teams is allowed a touchdown. You know what? You're absolutely Absolutely right, but uh, I'm not that surprised when I look at uh, Old Dominion special teams. That's a, I think that was number four on the season, if I'm not mistaken, their fourth block punt. So the Miners had plenty of time to uh, prepare for that. That's just a team who's ferocious on the on the special teams aspect. Um, but going back to that that final what was it, like final 50 seconds or so with Old Dominion at the end of the first half, getting that touchdown. That's another aspect that the Miners really got to uh, buckle down on. I mean, they did get the win. So here I go nitpicking, right? But uh, the Miners really, really got to refrain from having those uh, penalties. And even if it's not the sole source of why that touchdown happened, it was a big addition to it. I mean, in one play, Adrian, the Miners, um, I think they were like somewhere at the five or something like that, deep in their own, uh, Old Dominion rather, deep in their own territory. And in one play, there's 50 yards. A 34-yard through, um, through that play right there, I think it was a pass. And also... 15 yards on the on the on sportsman like so the miners really got to buckle down there both of those were a perfect combination for a disaster 8805763 our telephone number as we continue here on minor talk let's go to jose who's joining us first on minor talk we're presented by the oscar arieta agency give them a call today for all your insurance needs home auto or life insurance with the oscar arieta agency back to the phone lines jose is up first jose what do you think of today's game Hey, man, you know, uh, I thought it was pretty good. A little bit of lack of discipline towards the end of, the, of both halves, you know what I mean? Uh, the defense with that roughing the pass in, the second one that moved them all the way up to be like the 48, man, in like seven seconds, man. Uh, but, hey, man, they're, they're showing grit. They're showing grit. And you t- they're showing stuff that past UTEP teams in the last couple the last couple years that hasn't had. You know what I mean? They, they're, they're, they're coming together. They're playing well. Our quarterback. He actually throws the ball. We got some people that are catching it. Hankins is running with power when he has to. It's 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 refreshing to see a UTEP team being four and one, possibly going bowling. That you know I I haven't had the opportunity to go see them in a long time. Bowling and if, if they go bowling this year, I'm following them, man. Get your bus tickets ready. The New Mexico Bowl is going to call UTEP up if they go uh, six wins or more this year. I mean, and I'll tell you that, Jose. It is refreshing to see this. I mean, hey, going back to just what you talked about with grit, Jose, I'm with you because UTEP showed that, and this is the theme of the season, right? I, I think this is what we found out through five games is when UTEP gets punched in the face, when they face adversity, this team is able to overcome adversity. 
unlike previous years. Now, I, I think it'll catch up to them at some point or another. I mean, Southern Miss next week, I'm not too sure that it'll catch up to them then. Uh, Southern Miss is a bad football team as of right now, but uh, I think down the line it could catch up to them as far as, you know, just having these late situation games. However, I do think that you have to give UTEP all the credit for coming back and, uh, you know, responding to the adversity that they face in games like this. So, Jose, great job. Really appreciate the phone call. Thanks for uh, weighing in here on the show. 880-5763. That is our telephone number as we continue here on Minor Talk. 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter and online 600 ESPN El Paso.com. Let's go to Art the Miner who's joining us next. Art, what did you think of today's game? It was a hell of a game. But we got to give respect to Dana Dibble. He's three years into this program. He took over Sean Kugler's program. We got hell of players now. We're playing really good on all on both sides of the offense and defense. Can we give credit to the recruiting that he's done? Yes, and especially in the junior college ranks, uh, Art. And, you know, I, I, I'm with you on this. In year four of Dana Dimmel, his back was against the wall, and he was tasked to win. I mean, I mean that's the bottom line. UTEP had to show that there was actual wins, uh, that they can get actual wins under their belt and with this program. And uh, Dana Dimmel has shown that so far. And junior college guys have really panned out for him. I mean, wow. you look across the ball uh, on both sides. It's Gavin Hardison, who's a JUCO product. It's it's Jacob Cowing, who was a diamond in the rough, not a junior college product, but they got him right out of Lockett? high school. And, and, and he's compared to Lockett? Well, yeah. I mean, he's he's comparing you know Jacob I mean? Cowing like, to Tyler Lockett. How about that? Wow. You know what I mean? Coming out of Kansas State. He's amazing, man. And his stats show what he's doing. Yeah, they do. Numbers don't one? lie. I mean, cowing nine different 100-yard receiving games uh, in his career, and he's young. I mean, Jacob Cowing's still a young player. He's still a sophomore because of that COVID year that he got from last season. So, uh, yeah, Jacob Cowing, he could he could definitely insert him his name into the UTEP record books for sure on the pace that he's going. I actually wrote about that earlier this week, but it's evident. Week after week, he's the most consistent miter you'll see on either side of the ball. Beautiful. Yep, I'm with you, Art. Hey, give credit to Dana Demo and the coaching staff. Hey, appreciate the phone the call. Job. They, they are. I agree with you, Art. Appreciate the phone call, man. Thanks for weighing in. 880-5763. Let's keep it mo- moving here on the show. Great call by Art. Great call by Jose earlier today as well. Let's go to Alan, who's now joining us on the phone lines. 880-5763. One line available. Alan, give me your thoughts. UTEP is 4-1. Awesome. My brother called last week. I'm not going to rank on the minors because they played good. They handled adversity, and they came back, and they fought, and they won. I want to rank on this town and the fans. There you, you go. A Division one team, a Division one team, and now they're 4-1, and you get 10,000 people, like my brother said last week. We get 15,000 people to go see a high school football game. What is, what's going on with this town? I talked to a guy yesterday. And the other day at work, he says, oh, we're Cowboy fans. We're soccer fans. We're boxing fans. Well, you got a Division One team, 10,000 people. That's embarrassing. This is a good team. And like he said, they're going to win nine games. I guarantee they're going to win nine games, if not more. This team is getting better and better. They had a hard game. They had adversity. They fought, and they came back and won. Like he said, if that quarterback gets more training and more game prep, 
It's going to be unstoppable. This team is going, and they're going further. But when you have crowds at 10,000, how many times is this team going to play hard when they're playing in front of 10,000 people? Allen, 11,025. That was it at the Sun Bowl. That's it. Last week, we complained about 15,000 for New Mexico, who's right up the street, basically, in Albuquerque and supposed to be an old rival for the Miners. But tonight, 11,025 fans in attendance on homecoming night for the Miners, who had a chance to be 4-1 and one and who did it tonight. It was an entertaining second half. First half was a little bit, uh, you know, kind of sluggish at times. But still, where are the fans? I mean, this was a depressing, depressing crowd to see when they finally added up the attendance mark and and I'm totally with you on that Alan this fa- this fan base needs to get on board if they beat Southern Miss next week and prove to five and one uh, I want to see a way better crowd uh, you know for Louisiana Tech this was really bad Sal yeah big time especially when um, you know what I mean they're coming off of that big win against New Mexico but also at the uh, Adrian at the same time I look at it and I still feel people aren't convinced. As crazy as this is to say, I think this team has to do a little bit more. Yes, wow. four wins is nice, but it's Old Dominion. Now, can they beat Southern Miss? Can they beat La Tech? Let's say they do beat Southern Miss. They have a chance to to solidify bowl eligibility, right? I can understand being upset if more people don't show up to that game. But at the end of the day, they still got to get some more signature wins, some more key wins. And it'll start to fill up. Wow. I mean, you're right, though, Sal. I And I'll go back to you, Alan. What do you think about that? And I, I think Sal's right. There, whether it be fans who are skeptical or fans who are just out on this program, I think that's the only excuse we have right now for the, there to only be 11,025 fans. Uh, it's embarrassing. I can remember back home in Kentucky was the doormat in football. Now they're 5-0. and Game was sold out two weeks ago today against Florida. Yeah. I mean, yep. I mean, back you go back home, you go back east, the games are sold out. People love football. Here, what is it? Dallas Cowboys soccer and boxing? You got a division one team. If you would have packed thirty, forty thousand, I guarantee you, the miners, like my brother said last week, the miners would have won this game by two or three touchdowns. Fans make it different. When you're playing ball and you see people in the stands, you play harder. Yep. You want to win. You want to play harder. When you see 10,000 people at a homecoming conference game, what the hell? Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you, Alan. I, and I appreciate the phone call, man. Thanks for weighing in. I think really, um, I, I know that they won today, but I think this is just a result of seeing two uh, winless seasons, seeing one-win seasons. You're lucky if you see two wins this season. So I think people are still caught up on that mentality. But, hey, if this team's able to win more games, Adrian, Slowly but surely, they could get there. However, kind of getting ahead of ourselves here. They're 4-1, yes. However, they still got to get to six wins for bowl eligibility. And uh, why even stop there? Go beyond that. Yeah. They're going to set the precedent this year. Um, They're a lot closer than they've been recently. So a lot more football to be played. A couple tweets to get to. Then we'll get to Ed on the phones. Joe Chacon checks in. What do you think my thoughts are? Miners making this game crazy, but we got over the hump. Four and one. Wow. People be saying two more wins for bowl eligibility, but I say let's win that conference championship. I can't say it with a straight face. I'm sorry. 
I mean, he's got his, his eyes on the prize. I, I'm just tell. I'm I'm saying this out of almost disbelief. I'm I'm kind of chuckling because we're here in late in mid in uh, early October, and we're talking about UTEP being four and one, actually meeting our expectations before the season started, beating the teams that they should. Like Dana Dimmel said in his post game interview, expecting to win, and that's the biggest difference for this UTEP football team: overcoming adversity and finally. Uh, expecting to win these games that they should. That's the bottom line. Yeah, and just just think about how a lot of people were feeling or the reaction on social media after that uh, blocked punt for a touchdown by Old Dominion. Same old UTEP. You know, can are they going to be able to overcome that? Probably not. What do they do to prove the people wrong? I'll admit, I wasn't feeling too good about that, about the team after that play right there by Old Dominion. However, Adrian, they responded. And also, I'll give you something better. Not only the blocked punt, right? The Miners... I, I don't know if it's three or now. Anyway, they pump the ball back to Old Dominion, and what happens? Looks like a fumble for the Miners. They're supposed to get it in good territory or, or good field position. Okay, it was a special teams penalty, so Old Dominion gets the ball back. The very next play, Adrian, a fumble. But what happens? Play isn't called a fumble. It stands as um, runner was down. Those instances right there were even bigger gut punches, bigger gut shots. And That's what the, true. What good do the point. Miners do, Adrian? They respond efficiently discipline I mean we got to give them all the credit especially right there because it's it's like late in the third quarter early fourth quarter that's the time where Old Dominion has all the momentum aside from that hearing all the groans from the refs basically giving the ball back to Old Dominion uh, I give them all the credit right there I'm with you on that and especially defensively three stops to close out the game that was a, a difference maker in this one 8805763 is the telephone number to weigh in going back to Twitter real quick before we get to Ed Ben Wilbanks tweets the show my thoughts on the game are that I should have gone yeah you should have been what happened I mean there was only a 11,025. They could have used you in attendance. Ian, who tweets us as well, I can't wait for the UTSA and UTEP game. That game is going to be great. Uh, I don't know. I mean, the Roadrunners look pretty solid right now. Going to Ed on the phones right now, 880-5763. We've got one line available. Ed, what's happening, man? <laughs> Ed, I, I I get it, man. I get it. Four and one. How great of a feeling is that? I'm euphoric. Okay. I like I the euphoric. selfie you sent us, Ed. <laughs> you like that? Yes. Yes. Hey, let me tell you something. There are so many players on this team that are winning winners and have such a desire. It's amazing. But if you look at this game, it's special teams, offense, defense. But for me, you guys have the player of the game. Yeah, who is Gavin it? Hardison throwing that pass. Look at that. Yep. He only has 18 inches, a foot and a half, between two defenders in the back of the end zone. It doesn't even look like the, like the receiver even sees the ball, and it goes right in between those two guys. And he scrambled and bought time. I mean, the development from the Boise State game, you can even see the maturity from that game. It's just amazing. That was just a phenomenal play. I mean, you're just seeing this team. We don't know where this team's potential is going to go. They just keep getting better every every week. 
Sure, and uh, and Hardison, you could call him the unsung hero in this game. He goes into the locker room, comes back, and looks better than ever. I mean, he he heads to the locker room, and, and as a minor fan, uh, if you're watching that, you get a little nervous. But when he trots back onto the field, especially for that third down play, they felt way more better about that, and uh, they, they converted. And not only did they convert, but they get a touchdown out of that drive and that two-point conversion that you're talking about. He threads it in between two defenders to Justin Garrett in the, in the left corner of the end zone perfect pass by Gavin Hardison what a game he had Ed yeah I, I appreciate the phone call man what a win I mean I understand how excited you are Ed <laughs> you know what even Brownholz came in and sure did his job sure I mean, uh, Brownholz did a nice job we, we've just got guys on this team that have a desire to win and, and it, you have to look at the development that Dimmel and his staff have done and that's what people don't realize I'm not going to talk about the attendance because the honest truth is it's going to take a little bit of time, guys. The honest truth is I, I felt that the brand was burned in years past. I won't mention any names, but, you know, the, the, the brand got damaged when we kept going going from four to six to five to seven seasons, and it's going to take a little bit of time, and people have to be patient. I know they get frustrated, but the honest truth is I was there, and I saw the attendance going down, and it's going to take time to build it back up, and it's a little frustrating, but you know what? The players play for the 11, 14,000 people there. Those people get in. We give it everything we got. We yell and we scream and we get them fired up. Hey, I appreciate the call, Ed. I I, I totally hear you on that. I think UTEP, I, I'm just going to side on the side where UTEP fans just need to come out. It's it's 11,000 fans out there. That's depressing. you got to get more bodies in attendance, Sal. And you know what? Even though the lack of uh, results over the years don't really warrant people to go out there if they want to go off wins, but if you see this team play, they give you something worth watching. That's for sure. I mean, that's right. They're going to make it a game. And uh, case in point, right here, Adrian is multiple times throughout the game. A major play was needed. You know what I mean? The interception, sacks, tackle for losses, um, third down conversions. Where we got to give credit to Old Dominion as well. They were really good. Um, third down conversion team and uh miners and odu split today with the same number seven for 16 so utep able to get it there but also um responding after those plays that we mentioned earlier not only scoring the touchdown where it's been tough on the ground their final touchdown was a rushing touchdown right right and they still need that uh two-point conversion and they get it done there time after time these guys were called on to make plays and they delivered so all credit to him. Yeah, I also like how Ed mentioned Calvin Brownholtz. Didn't give him a lot of credit, but I will give him credit now. Uh, yeah. I, I've said it I said it since the North Texas game when he emerged onto the scene. I want Calvin Brownholtz to actually play more and not on these gimmick plays. <laughs> I like him as like a potential fullback on this team. He's a good running option for UTEP, and he runs hard. He's a good player. Calvin Brownholtz today was first half Trevor Lawrence on Thursday night. Tell me how wrong. He, you know, he kind of reminds me of, like, Taysom Hill. Like, he's just that switch knife just guy. Way, yeah, just the way he was able to make his cuts and all that. But uh, seriously, though, everybody who played today and uh, everybody who was ready to play was definitely needed. And also, more importantly, they were ready to go. 
Also, let's go to Twitter. It's King Eric who checks in. The defense was up and down this game. The offense was up and down as well. They made it close toward the end of the first half and then had a few clutch drives and stops. Good game. Continue to build and move forward. Hashtag road to a bowl. Manny David checks in. I have to admit, I thought they were going to blow this game. Not pretty, but they still got the win. Go Miners. And let's go to Joe Rod, who's joining us on the phone lines right now. 880-5763. We've got two lines available if you'd like to weigh in on minor talk now is the time to do it joe what's going on my man not much man just leaving the stumble leaving the press box uh tuning into you guys the way i always do i appreciate it man what'd you think utep's four and one now can you believe it yeah i know a phenomenal effort phenomenal results for the miners uh you know obviously a certain test coming up here uh against southern miss next week but but um just one thing i wanted to chime in uh adrian that that i noticed uh going down to the sideline uh, for the last, uh, you know, five, seven minutes of, of tonight. Um, you know, on a couple of occasions where the defense turned up big, right there, one of the interceptions, too, uh, inside of five minutes to go in the game. Uh, one thing I noticed that I have never, ever noticed in all my years of covering Utah football was that, you know, aside from celebrating with the rest of the team on the bench, this team actually kind of moved a little bit closer to the fans and, and acknowledged them and celebrated um, with the fans, and I, you know, seeing the reaction from the fans and being in that close proximity, never seen before, and uh, it was just something really, really nice. And you know, it's it's nice to see uh, these kids having fun, being successful, and enjoying, uh, you know, the results of their hard work. And uh, obviously, you know, you guys have touched on it already tonight, and you know, everybody has. Uh, but you know, I, I just wish. Uh, you know, more people would turn out and, and, and support these kids in their effort because, you know, from Coach Dana Dimmel and his entire staff to, to the entire team, they're just doing a phenomenal job. I'm with you, man, and uh, I'm glad to see or and to hear that you saw that from the UTEP uh, sideline. That's great to hear. You love the fact that th- this uh, this team, despite you know only seeing eleven thousand twenty five fans in attendance, uh, they were really proud to be with their fans, proud to be four and one on the year. And it seems like they're all positive when it comes to the fan base. They want to encourage more fans to come out, and uh, they always claim that they're loud and proud at the Sun Bowl. So great job, Joe. Really appreciate it as always, man. I can't believe you. Steps four and one. 880-5763, the telephone number to get into the show. Ed McDonald checks back in on Twitter right now. Uh, he tweets us a selfie. Wow, minor euphoria, so many heroes. How is this Gavin Hardison late in the fourth? He scrambles left, buying precious time, throws p- precision pass between two defenders, only 18 inches, threaded in for the two-point conversion. He's exactly right. Also checking in on Twitter is Rudy Salcedo, who says, come on, man, when you know, we're talking about things like attendance. Uh, that is what uh, he tweets us. The guru tweets us 11,000 in attendance. City of El Paso, shame on you. UTEP football team deserves better. The pass is the pass. UTEP has a winning record and only 11,000 in the Sun Bowl on homecoming weekend. Shake my head. Hey, Sal, let's take a time out right now. When we come back, more phone calls, more tweets. Our phone number, 880-5763. If you'd like to weigh in on this UTEP win, 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter as well. But you're listening to Minor Talk, presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency, right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Welcome back. Minor Talk continues here on 600 ESPN El Paso. He's Sal Montes. I'm Adrian Bradis. UTEP is 4-1. 
After defeating Old Dominion 28-21, they outlast them in the second half despite a back-and-forth, uh, really back-and-forth third and fourth quarter. Uh, UTEP led 17-7 going into the half. They come out of the half and put together a nice drive capped off by a field goal instead of a touchdown, which I felt like is still an issue for UTEP, not able to capitalize on some of these red zone appearances. Nonetheless, uh, Old Dominion then gets a, a nice 16-play, 75-yard drive that's capped off by a five-yard rushing touchdown by their quarterback DJ Mack on the ensuing possession. UTEP is getting ready to punt and it's blocked. Uh, White runs it in from 11 yards out for for Old Dominion. Uh, UTEP is down 21-20. Hardison goes into the locker room. A lot of disarray on on the sideline and nothing going for that UTEP offense, but they were able to cook up a drive. It was a eight-play Uh, 63-yard drive at the 12-minute mark of the fourth quarter, capped off by a Deion Hankins three-yard rushing touchdown. Extra point, two-point conversion was actually good. It was a Hardison pass to uh, Justin Garrett in the left left, uh, corner of the end zone. And then the defense then gets an interception uh, and then two back-to-back stops against Old Dominion. What a nice effort by uh, that defense to close out the game. And uh, for UTEP, they improved a 4-1 on the season. They have all the momentum in the world and they were able to overcome adversity yet again well adrian check this out i got some uh, some good numbers for you talked about um the punt return issues they were able to take care of that in fact they were able to uh be on the opposite end when they were punting. Aside from that blocked punt, they were able to uh, pin old dominion in some tough spots granted old dominion got out of one but how about this we talk about this UTEP team um, scoring in the red zone, but majority of it being field goals. Mm-hmm. Three touchdowns and one field goal, four for four in the red zone today. Ooh, uh, wow. There you go. Well, I mean, efficiency is, I guess, the biggest thing right there. Yeah, I, I hear you. 880 is our telephone number as we continue here on Minor Talk. couple tweets to get to from Tristan Pence, who always tweets us and gives us some great takes. Give the Miners credit. They overcame adversity in the third quarter and won their first conference game in quite some time. Kudos to Old Dominion for being a much tougher opponent than their record would indicate. Dare I say it, the Miners are in first place in Conference USA West. Wow. There you go. Why, why are we laughing? I mean, I'm laughing just because I can't believe we're here, but he's oh, right. Man. UTEP and UTSA, both 3-0 and right now at home. Uh, you know, UTSA is 5-0 and overall, um, and UTEP right behind them, 4-1 and on the season. I'm laughing because um, it's funny when you hear it, but it's even funnier when you realize that it's true. And uh, yeah. uh, there's some things we'll talk about with uh, Old Dominion and UTEP later on. But Adrian, uh, last week after the Miners took on um, I'm trying to remember New Mexico, there we go. After the Miners took on New Mexico in their Texas Western jerseys, we were like, they have a chance to um, to wear. No matter of fact, it was during the Dana Dimmel show on Wednesday or Tuesday, and. They asked Dana Dimmel, when will the Miners wear the Texas Western jerseys again? And his his response was something like, they're pretty cool, aren't they? Something like that. <laughs> well, um, what I told you or we were talking about is one of the best responses would be, how about in the bowl game, John? That would have been awesome. And then you said they were probably wearing those jerseys when they won their last bowl game. And Adrian, that is absolutely right. 
We laugh because it sounds funny, but we laugh even harder when we realize that it's true. 1967, the last time UTEP's won a bowl game. 2014, the last time UTEP has been to a bowl game. It it was also uh, 15 games that UTEP has lost straight in conference play. UTEP had a 15-game losing streak in Conference USA going into tonight. They snapped that one with a much-needed home victory against Old Dominion, and you could put a lot of those things in the past, which is uh, great if you're a minor fan going back to twitter right now a to z at z monsters 20 tweets us unfortunately no one wants to go see conference usa teams time for a conference change well a to z at z monsters underscore 20 unfortunately that doesn't seem like it'll happen anytime soon uh yesterday we heard the report from brett mcmurphy of stadium stating that uh the mountain west is not interested in all in adding utep as a uh as as a conference affiliate now this came on the heels of the mountain west uh you know and their four uh teams like colorado state Air Force, Boise State, and San Diego State all electing to actually, um, you know, all electing to stay within the Mountain West. Uh, Mountain West then turns around and says, yeah, not only are we uh, keeping our conference intact, but no way will we get UTEP uh, in our uh, in our conference. So I get you A to Z at Z Monsters 20. Uh, I just don't think UTEP is going to move any kind of conference anytime soon unless they start winning in, in mo- uh, you know, in their major sports. Sal. Yeah, we know what track and field brings. We know what UTEP volleyball is bringing. A very uh, hard-fought game today. I know they fell to rice, but they'll be back at it tomorrow against the Owls, have a chance to redeem themselves. Uh, But what we're getting at is football and men's basketball are the money sports in just about every university, but more so here at UTEP. Granted, there is success in many other athletic departments. Until those two win on a consistent level, that's um, that's when we know that UTEP could take that next step. And the reason why I say this is, yes, it was a good win against Old Dominion, but all you bring to the table, really, if you're trying to join another conference is, hey, last two conference wins, Rice and Old Dominion. Yeah. I mean, come on. In a span of like three, four years. Yeah, you're you're it's, exactly you right. You've got to be more consistent. But, um, hey, they're heading in the right direction as of right now. Hey, I'm also with A to Z Monster at Z Monsters 20 in that Conference USA teams are just not that appealing. Like, what's the appeal to go to Old Dominion on homecoming night? The only appeal to go to this game is UTEP's 3-1. and one. You get a chance yeah. to see a team that is trending upward, not, not a team that's downward on the season. Uh, let's go to Rob, who's joining us on the phone lines. We've got two lines available. If you'd like to weigh in, 880-5763. That's the telephone number if you'd like to weigh in to Minor Talk. We're presented by the Oscar Arietta Agency. Back to Rob on the phone lines. Rob, UTEP's 4-1. and one. How you feeling? Man, I'm feeling great. Like, I feel like this is a dream right now. Like, like I've, dude, I've been a UTEP fan since I was little, and... Um, I, I think the stat was like... I have, to, I have to research it, but like, they've been... Uh, winning season since program inception. I mean that that goes back to like 1920. They have like 11 winning seasons in eight years. Yep. So yeah, so we're like on the verge of that, and I think that's great because nobody knows UTEP as a football school, anyways. It's always been known as a basketball school. But I'm I'm just I'm just super happy that they pulled it out again. Um, you know they were down. You know what was it in the third, in the late in the third or in the fourth? I couldn't remember, but you know that block punch shouldn't have happened. That's unacceptable. Um, that changed the corner of the game. 
But, you know, they fought back and won, and their defense showed out and again again in the second half. I mean, I don't think, I don't think they gave up a second-half touchdown back-to-back games, if I'm not mistaken. And, and they look awesome. And you know what? Old Dominion um, came back last week, too, against Buffalo, and Buffalo's not That's bad right. Either. Yeah, Buffalo's actually a pretty good team. And they did yeah, give up a third-quarter uh, third touchdown today. It was a rushing touchdown. But, uh, no, only one offensive touchdown, though, so good good credit. Yeah, and they were getting smashed by Buffalo, and they only, they only lost by a point. So that kind of had me nervous, but, you know, they pulled it out, and they got a really bad Southern Miss team on the road next week. So they should pull that out. But my, my key takeaway from today was UTEP did what they were supposed to do, but – my, my my biggest takeaway is, is that the conference doesn't look as tough as I thought it was. What I mean by that is Marshall lost on the road at Middle Tennessee, which I thought they were awesome. Apparently, they're be, they're very beatable. You know, UTSA was a 21 point favorite against UNLV, who's garbage, and they only beat them by a touchdown. And then UAB, who was supposed to be good, got Absolutely destroyed against um, Liberty. 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 Yeah. yeah. So no, no team on the schedule is. I'm not gonna chuck any win. I'm not gonna chuck any any game on the schedule as oh UTEP's gonna lose. You know, like if they do what they gotta do, they're they're gonna be in every game this year. And sure, the, the only thing I, the only thing I can look forward to is bowl eligibility. I think if. I think if Dana White or Dana White, if Dana Demo <laughs> wins a bowl this year or or qualifies for a bowl, I think I think that's a win and that's a huge oh, success. Are you serious? If, if they get six wins, Rob, this is a major success in this program. Of course. Yeah, exactly. And honestly, I have nothing but good things to say about the Miners, other than their you know their four minute offense, which is awful. Like oh, I feel like. Yeah, their four-minute offense feels like like they got 30 seconds left in the game where they're just – every play's a run. There's no I – mean, it's, it's not even a creative run. It's a run up the middle. There's there's nothing creative about their offense when they got a lead, and that, that kind of scares me um, later in the season. It hasn't, it hasn't come to bite them yet, you know, in the, in the behind, but I feel like it might. You know, and that, that's all I got to say about Utah. But I'm happy with the win, and, you know, I hope, I hope they take it as other miss next week. Yeah, I hear you, Rob. I appreciate the phone call, man. Thanks for weighing in, as always, and I uh, appreciate you always listening in to the show. Yeah, Rob's got some good points. I-, I feel like, one, the conference is not as good as maybe we thought initially. Now, I- I'll say this. La Tech, very good 2-3 and three team. They took uh, a top 25-ranked NC State to the wire today. Uh, Rice, I-, I would say that that's going to be a tough game no matter what. Same with North Texas, uh, especially since UNT's on the road. Um, UTSA comes to El Paso. That's a really intriguing matchup, but the Roadrunners really pack a lot of heat when it comes to their talent on both sides of the ball. Uh, I'm still a little bit worried about that game if I'm the Miners. Florida Atlantic, that's not going to be an easy one at all. They're 3-0 and at home, also 3-2 and on the yeah. season. Coming that's off gonna be a, a rivalry win tonight, too. 
Yeah, it's going to be a tough, tough game. Yeah, killed Florida International 58-21. Yeah, you're exactly right there, Sal, uh, as far as them coming off a rivalry game. But point is, UTEP in the month of October, we're going to find a lot. We're going to find out a lot about this team. They take on two easier opponents in back-to-back weeks. It's Old Dominion this week. It's Southern Miss next week. Then they've got a little bit of a break. They've got um, uh, Louisiana Tech coming into town October 16th, which should be very interesting then a break um after that and then they've got florida atlantic on the road so if utep was to go um two and two in the month of october i think that's a success that's a win that's you're you're nodding your head but in the event that utep goes three and one in this month and enters the month of November with that much more swagger with seven wins under their belt, then it is uh, anybody's conference to win on the West side. At least I I think that UTEP going into the month of November, if they have that kind of record, man, that would be really special. I'm getting ahead of myself here, Sal, but if they were to win either game, either Louisiana tech or Florida Atlantic, assuming that they beat uh, Southern Miss next week, Man, that'd be really that that'd be a really special victory, either of those games. Yeah, I think the reason why you think that, and I also think that too, is because those are on par games. At least so far this season, those teams look like they can compete at the same level, same level of talent. It's just gonna come down to who wants it more. And are the miners gonna be able to capitalize on already much surprised momentum and also Adrian to, to kind of uh, hype you up a little bit more Miners uh, the second best team in Conference USA right now it's UTSA leading the way at 5-0 and but Miners right behind them not only in the uh, the division but the entire conference sitting at 4-1 and overall also uh, undefeated in conference after game one 1-0 one but just kind of looking down the rest of the way one, two, three other teams um, at 3-2 and two. that's Charlotte, FAU who the Miners have on the schedule, and also a UAB who the Miners have on their schedule. Interesting. Only Good f- to know. Only five games so far with uh, all the teams that I just mentioned, so a lot more football to be played. But as it stands right now, Adrian, uh, UTEP is starting to get a target on their back. 880-5763, telephone number to weigh in on the show. Back to Twitter. Uh, we've got Devious who tre- who tweets us. I was at the game and it did not look like only eleven thousand people were at the Sun Bowl. I estimated seventeen thousand. Either way, the crowd was loud and they caused frustration with uh, Old Dominion. Uh, I'm not disagreeing with you that the crowd sounded loud. They did sound loud tonight. It was a good crowd as far as uh, being attentive in this game. I do still think that there was eleven thousand. I-, I mean, it was a late arriving crowd, but that real I don't it- those who want to question the attendance i i just can't side with you we're gonna just take with what they give us as far as attendance goes because that's what we run with all the time so i'm not in the business of trying to you know compromise on the actual attendance numbers and maybe you know if they're if it's higher or lower at that at that point adrian how about this let's say they do become bowl eligible after uh, let's say they beat you know, Southern Miss, right? So that would be number five. And let's say they're able to have seven wins, more or less, by the time that uh, they either take on UTSA or Rice, their final two home games of the season. That's when I think we could start to see the numbers go up. Sure. I, I get you on that. I think people would jump on a little late. I, 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 gr- I agree totally with that, Sal. Ed McDonald tweets us, you know, Calvin looks more athletic quicker than he did last year. He hit the weights. Honestly, he did look much more athletic. I mean, 
I'm with you, Ed. I think Calvin should definitely be playing more. I don't uh, as a scat back guy, as a tight end, as a as a running back, as a fullback. Calvin Brownholtz is a pretty sharp player. I really like when he gets a chance uh, in these games. Tristan Pence tweets the show some major kudos to Calvin Brownholtz for coming into the game in the fourth quarter and making some nice plays, especially some nice runs during the game winning drive. Picks up, go Miners, hashtag Miner Talk. That's coming from Tristan Pence. Paul Reynoso tweets the program, there is no excuse for having at least 20 plus, 20,000 plus tonight. Monster Jam is next weekend and you know it's going to be packed. Certified Grumpy Boy tweets us, it's what the program, quote, deserves. Sounds about right to me as far as attendance goes. Wow. A brutal tweet right there from Certified Grumpy Boy. Yeah, it seems like uh, past midnight. Yeah, he's a little grumpy there, so I'm with you on that. Some milk and cookies. But share them, though. Yeah, I'm with you. Let's go to Abel, who's joining us next on the phone lines, 880-5763. We've got one line available after uh, Abel here. We'll get to Mark. But Abel, what's going on, man? What do you think about UTEP being 4-1 and one on the season for the first time since 2010? Well, I got to tell you, um, you know, I do have some history uh, with the school as far as uh, broadcasts go and all that. And the one thing that always, always would kill me when we go on the road and uh, go to the other cities or the other little Las Cruces-sized cities uh, was that they, 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 when we show up, they, they felt that it was like, they were being served. We were being served up as the, you know, the stake of the night for any any conference USA team. So, winning this conference uh, uh, game uh, really means a lot. Um, I, I will tell you that uh, probably uh, this is the most successful Wildcat uh, uh, plays that I saw in, in a long time. Uh, I was looking at it, going, "Who is that guy?" You know, because uh, he was pretty big. And uh, I really, you know, I'm trying to follow the team and, you know, run what we, you know, the page that we run for uh, the minors in Spanish. And uh, I was, uh, you know, once they blocked the kick, I was really surprised that they were able to uh, calm down and still stay in the game and, and beat this team. Uh, you know, I I, uh, I was really surprised. Uh, you, you talked about the, the game before that they had with, uh, was it with Toledo or whoever it was, and... Uh, how they they stayed right in the game, and uh, they're a good team. But I got to tell you, um, I think we're going to see some really good stuff coming from uh, from this team uh, the rest of the way out in Conference USA. And it'll really make me feel great to know that uh, you know they can go out of town and beat some of this Conference USA teams. You got to understand uh, some of these cities that where the Conference USA team, USA teams are at are are really small communities. They, they really are. And, um, you know, Birmingham, even though it's a big city, it's, you know, there's like 34 uh, college football teams that play in the area, you know. Um, Coach Dimmel, uh, I think, is doing a, a great job. And, and and just to see the attitude of the kids, you know, and, and the way they're, they're working it, um, it, it just makes me feel really good. And it, it, it actually... Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, you know, worse things could happen, but I, I think they're going to be really close to uh, that threshold to go go to a bowl game, and at least we 
we get to go to one. Yeah, I think they've they put themselves in a be, in the best position to do it, Abel. And I appreciate the phone call, man. Great points, great uh, great job, and thanks for tuning in and weighing in on the show. But you're right. I mean, they put themselves in the best position to do it. They are now four and one on the season. They would essentially have to just win two more games out of their conference slate to get to that threshold of six wins. That's what UTEP wants, and I think that's what UTEP has a really really good shot of getting. Let's keep it moving right now on the phones eight eight zero five seven. That's the telephone number as we continue. Mark is joining us next. Mark, what would you think of tonight's game? Awesome. The Miners came back. They fought. I'm perplexed. Why is everybody just picking on the Miners? Little this, little that. The Miners won. They need to be picking on El Paso and the fans. This is a disgrace and a disappointment. The Miners... Yes, they had ins and they had outs. They played good, they played bad, but they won. They learned and they won. What about the fans? Where the hell are the fans? 10,000 people. Really? Come on. Yeah, yeah. Mark, I I really get you. I mean, hey, we had, uh, I think it was your brother, Alan, calling yes, earlier. Yes, yeah, yes. and and he said the same thing, the exact same thing. Where are the fans? And I'm with you, man. It's a it's disappointing to see an 11,000 person turnout at the Sun Bowl. Uh it's also disappointing to hear some kind of nitpicking at times against this team today. At the end of the day, Sal, they're 4 and 1. They they improved to 4 yeah. and 1 on the season. They met everybody's expectations. Right now, all we could do is uh you know, all we could do is look at this team right now and, and celebrate their victories. I mean, they did ex- Exactly what they were supposed to do. Sure, it wasn't pretty at times, but they they got it done, and they've faced adversity through these games thus far. Yet they've still overcome the adversity, and they've come out with wins. Yeah, they're learning how to win throughout these last couple of games. They've really been put in spots where um, we said it before, and I'll say it again. Minor teams like that would lose those kind of games, but to respond when things aren't going your way, when the other team has some momentum and you're able to kind of snatch it right away from them and, you know, put it on your side, that's awesome. I think another thing that should be noted, too, although there is a small amount of uh, of fans going out there, the Miners have been at home these last two games, so they were able to capitalize on the crowd and, you know, kind of that home, I don't want to say home cooking, but that home momentum, so to speak. Sure. Um it's really going to come to play. Like We're going to see what they're really made of when they're on the road in a tight Conference USA game. I think that's really going to be the next step uh, for them to get over. And if they can do that, Adrian, uh, this team can really be ready. But so far, so good. I'm with you on that, Sal. Hey, great job, Mark. Really appreciate the phone call, man. Thanks for tuning in and weighing in on the show. UTEP defeats Old Dominion 28-21. We're continuing minor talk after this. Uh, wanna, if you want to weigh in, now is the time to do it. 880-5763. That's our telephone number. 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. And uh, also 600 ESPN El Paso is our free mobile app, which is powered by United Bank. Minor talk continues. We're presented by the Oscar Idietta Agency right after this on 600 ESPN El Paso. Welcome back. Minor Talk continues. He's Sal Montes. I'm Adrian Bratis. Together we bring you Minor Talk after every UTEP football game. We're presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency. There's seven locations across town from the west side to Fabens. When it comes to any type of insurance, there's only one insurance agent I trust. 
His name is Oscar Arieta. I've been a proud customer with the Oscar Arieta agency since I've been in college. Nothing crazy. No, not a hard process at all. I went to them, showed them my budget, showed them exactly what I needed when it comes to auto insurance and my policy. The Oscar Arieta agency met my budget and continues to help me feel safe when I'm on the road. When it comes to sports fans, Oscar Arieta is a big supporter of UTEP football himself. Just saw him today present the Hometown Hero Award and also saw him on the sideline talking to some of the UTEP football players. Take it from a locally owned insurance company just like the Oscar Arieta Agency. There's a reason they've helped thousands of El Pasoans with their insurance needs. There's also a reason they've been around for over 24 years. You can give them call 915-400-6000 they'll get on they'll get started on a free no obligation insurance policy for you or visit them online at the oscar agency.com back to twitter real quick as minor talk continues rob with a tweet shout out to ray flores throwing it down for the lower valley hashtag minor talk i love that sal uh ray flores is is isleta alumni and what a i mean his his progression year after year has impressed me every yeah. year i'm ready to write off ray flores as a valuable player on this team man this guy is so valuable he's he's like that do it all guy he can play running back yeah. he can play receiver he can line up on the outside he can help you on special teams this guy is a homegrown product and he's showing up every single game you know what and this is the interesting part about it just look at the talent out of the sun city right i mean go back years we look at um at Aaron Jones also fields uh plenty of receivers that come from El Paso areas but the backfield as it stands right now Adrian two products of the Sun City Deion Hankins who got the touchdown and was a key factor today and also Ray Flores with a key first down as well something that sure. the Miners are definitely definitely needing they're trying to exercise their demons of being inefficient and not getting those third down conversions um two times Adrian they had to go to fourth down and uh, um, where they went for it, rather. And they got those conversions as well. So game in and game out, uh, Ray Flores being ready for his number to be called, and he's delivering. Eight eight zero five seven six three is our telephone number. As we continue, we've got lines available. If you'd like to talk UTEP football as they defeat Old Dominion 28-21 to improve to 4-1 for the first time since 2010, uh, this this game. want to get to a couple uh, storylines, and, and I want to preview this by saying that, you know, we're going to talk some stories Storylines each minor talk. It's perfect for people who are listening to the podcast like you might be right now. Uh, one of the big storylines I want to hit on is the fact that they wore these blue matte helmets. They did not have a, the, yeah. the pick on them. They had the stickers on the back of the helmets. But this is the first time we've seen these from UTEP football. Do they wear them again, Sal? Do you like them? What did you think of the pictures that you saw from the blue matte helmets? Oh, man. Well, I like the all blue look first off. I think that was super clean, super smooth. Uh, before I get into um, your uh, the topic of at hand, rather. I just want to put out my favorite uniform combo. Yes, I'm a fan of the white helmet, blue jersey, white pants. The you know just icy look. That's my favorite. Okay, one. I like that. Um, All right. But in regards to uh, the helmets, I think you got to keep it going. You know what I mean. Keep on going with uh, the blue helmet for as long as you possibly can. When that doesn't work out. Switch helmets. I mean, they have, like, what, three different color helmets, the white, That's blue, right. and orange. Um, also, why not wear the Texas Western ones again? I think so. I think they should. Ride the momentum, Adrian. Everything that you've been doing, continue to do it. 
aside from the plays, if you have a certain meal before a game, have that same meal. If you wear a certain pair of socks or, you know, have, have something lucky on, on like an arm sleeve or something, continue to do that. The team needs you. All about the superstitions, huh, Sal? Oh, yeah. You like time. all the superstitions. I'm a superstitious. They're super minor, minor. I'm superstitious, minor. I like that. <laughs> hey, uh, also tweeting us is at, at The Roost, who tweets us, Adrian mentioned on The Roost podcast in the offseason that four of UTEP's first five opponents didn't play football last fall. Looks like that might not have hurt. Kudos to the Miners for getting it done. He's right. I mean, look, Old Dominion didn't play football last year. They've struggled out of the gate. They've, uh, they're have they not a bad team. That's I actually right, think yeah. they're a pretty good team. I mean, their quarterback's sharp, DJ Mack. They've got some tight ends who are legit basketball yeah. players. They're like six foot eight, Nobody which is crazy. Nobody shorter than like six six. Yeah, it's crazy. When I saw those guys, I was like, wow. I mean, that's a real tight end core right there. Joe Chacon tweets us, Sal, Adrian, I said this last week, the glass is half full, people. Get behind your team. Hashtag picks up. Hey, I mean, there are a lot of people, there are a lot of minor fans out there right now who are really looking at the bright side. They see this team and they they see that this team could have a ton of success when it's all said and done, which, hey, this is something that we haven't said in a long time, Sal. Optimism when it comes to UTEP football. Yeah, the schedule is favorable for sure. And uh, I kind of want to go back to Joe Rod's call as well, where he said seeing them um, enjoy their success or celebrate their success, not only with each other, but also with the fans, too. That's something, uh, one, that we haven't seen in a while, in a while because of the, uh, the lack of wins, but also um, just the fact that we haven't really seen that before in general in terms of sure. fans, the proximity from fans to uh, to the players or vice versa. So definitely some things shaping up right there. More storylines to get to. One of the other ones that I wanted to talk about is the Mountain West storyline. So I, I, t- I touched on it earlier today, but just want to talk about it one more time. The Mountain West uh, earlier this week announced that their affiliates in Boise State, San Diego State, Colorado State, and Air Force will not move over to the American Athletic Conference. Conference. Instead, they will stay with their current with the current uh, conference in the Mountain West, and that the Mountain West would not look to expand and allow UTEP into their conference. That that is uh, pretty much no chance right there. Um, are you surprised, Sal, in this decision, or are you surprised that this leaked out from the Mountain West that they would not want UTEP under any circumstances as of right now? I'm not surprised that they don't want UTEP, but I'm surprised that they don't have UTEP as like um, a bottom option, so to speak, like plan F. You know, that is a little bit surprising, but I mean, they want programs that are going to attract revenue and what attracts revenue, having fans out at their games. And um, I I know we're talking about the Mountain West right now, but UAB, for example, uh, with uh, the American Athletic Conference, their football team is solid. You know, every other year they'll have a really good year, but um, their bread and butter agent is their basketball team. This is a team that fills up Bartow Arena. I mean, last year, 22 wins. A couple years before that, a pair of 20-win seasons, a 26-win season in 2015 where they got snubbed. They didn't even get to make the tournament. (laughs) And then 20 wins uh, right before that. So they offer a lot of um, stability, but also consistency. It's Andy Kennedy, man. He does a great job as their men's basketball head coach. I'm with you on that. And and, hey, UAB also has that beautiful new uh, football stadium. So they've got a lot of things going 
going for them. Mountain West, bottom line, here's how I'll end the conversation. I don't think – I'm not surprised at all that the that UTEP was not involved in this conversation. UTEP needs to hang banners in major sports yeah. before having these discussions. So that's how I kind of look at it right there. Another storyline to get to, Jacob Cowing, UTEP wide receiver, is on pace to enter some significant UTEP record books. I'll, I'll name one that's kind of out there right now. Um, he has nine different games where he has 100-plus receiving yards. He's only four away from the program's all-time record in career 100-plus receiving yards. Chuck Hughes had 13 uh, yeah. way back in the 60s. Jacob Cowing can break a 50-plus-year-old record that still stands with the program uh, if he continues on this pace. He doesn't even have to do this this year. This could be something that he breaks next year. So that's another kind of wrinkle to add with uh, the Jacob Cowing legacy and what we've seen thus far from him. I mean, Sal... I'll, I'll read you some stats right here. UTEP legend Chuck Hughes, who played in 1964 through 66, is the program leader with 13 different 100-yard-plus games. Lee Mays, who played 1998 to 2001, has the record for 200 career receptions. Jacob Cowing has 93 after you add up today, 97 in his sophomore year. The school leader in career yardage is Johnny Lee Higgins, who Ooh. played in 2003 through 2006. He had over 3,000 receiving yards. Jacob Cowing is at 1,700 receiving yards, now actually 1,800 plus through 24 games of his career. He's on track to shatter these kinds of records. Yeah, this is a guy who's delivering night in, night out. Um, How about this? Four uh, 100-plus-yard games. Leading one was 174 last week against New Mexico. Uh, The one where he didn't, it was the Miners in a win, 38-28. But kind of back to um, the record. He could break the um, the 100-yard game record this year. In fact, He's so good, he could literally break it in the next four games and the amount of games needed. Um, Now, as far as the Johnny Lee Higgins record goes, I want to see him get it, but I have a good take on this. I don't think he's going to get it. Wow. Because he might be going pro before he gets to that point. Okay, I like it. I mean, the ceiling is um, very high for this guy. He's at an amazing spot right now, but he still hasn't even hit his ceiling yet, and he's phenomenal as it stands i agree with you there sal 8805763 i mean jacob cowing what a phenomenal player he is one of the most consistent players on the team has a catch in 23 straight contests for the miners at least two catches or more through the last 17 games his 174 receiving yards just like sal mentioned right now against new mexico is the most receiving yards by a minor player since jordan leslie did uh 218 that he had against tulsa back in 2012 so uh yeah jacob cowing doing a lot of things uh for utep that we haven't seen in years really trying to cement himself as far as being in the history books as well. One other uh, storyline I wanted to get to today, the um, El Paso high school football recruits that were out tonight. Really cool to see uh, court, Franklin quarterback Cameron Bird in attendance, Franklin athlete Shea Smith in attendance, Parkland running back Isaiah Beasley there to watch the minors play. A lot of El Paso recruits who were on the sideline watching the minors and being hosted on a visit 
today for UTEP football. So great to see some local products uh, getting a chance to get some looks by the UTEP coaches. And then on the other side, get a chance to watch the Miners on the sidelines with the best seat in the house. Joe Chacon tweets the program, orange helmet with the pickaxe or old school 80s Pater Pete. Blue jerseys, orange pants, black socks, team color shoes equals dynasty. Just saying, hashtag Brock is my OG. That's Joe Chacon giving us his favorite UTEP uniform. Uh, DHOG13 tweets us, I think Miami is the play against the Colts after seeing... Oh, okay, so he's throwing some NFL stuff to us. I love that uh, right there. That's you, great. Speaking um, of Miami and the Colts, we have some cool stuff for you that we'll talk about later. Okay, I like that. Uh, UTEP fan tweets the show, UNM and Boise both played last fall. Three of the last first five uh, did not play last year as far as uh, UTEP opponents who didn't play last year. Totally understand that one. Uh, let's get to that ODU significant story, Sal. Um, yeah. last, uh, the last time UTEP won a homecoming game coincidentally came in 2014. There were a ton of former UTEP players and former Old Dominion players who are now playing on Sunday in that game. Give us the rundown of that one. How did it end up with UTEP winning on homecoming in 2014? Sal. So it wasn't an easy game by any means for the Miners. Uh, same said for the Old Dominion Monarchs, but I'm going to reel this off for you. Looking on uh, the UTEP, or let's start with Old Dominion, rather. Uh, how about these guys? Quarterback Taylor Heineke was slinging it out for them. Zach Pascal was a key uh, a key factor for Old Current Dominion. Current Colts wide receiver. Current yep. Colts wide out. How about Rick Lovato and Rashad Coward? All of those guys representing the Old Dominion in the NFL right now. Now let's take a look at the UTEP Miners. Of course, we know the number one guy, Aaron Jones, also his brother, Alvin Jones. Um, But we take a look at some more guys. Roy Robertson Harris was part of that team. Will Hernandez on the offensive line. Quarterback Jamil Showers. And uh, anybody want to take a guess for the last one? Eric Tomlinson. Love it. Love it. He's still active right now in the yeah. NFL. So great name right there you mentioned. Uh, a lot of star power out at a homecoming 2014 for the Miners. A 42-35 win. Adrian, another one touchdown win. Wow. <laughs> I, I got to go. take a look at what this series looks like, but I would not be surprised if uh, a large majority of the games between the Miners and the Monarchs have been decided by a touchdown and a PAT. Well, Old Dominion and, and UTEP are tied in the series 2-2. Two to two. Old Dominion leads the series in Norfolk. Um, UTEP won the last, uh, actually, uh, UTEP won the first meeting, which was what we t- just talked about, yeah. 42-35. The last meeting, Old Dominion won 31-21. That was 2016. Okay. And Old Dominion has won back-to-back games. Uh, Leo underscore minor fan tweets the show. Guys, if UTEP keeps trending in the right direction, I think we'll see the Texas Western Miners make an appearance again against UTSA. He's calling a shot. UTSA the night when UTEP could possibly bust out those Texas Western jerseys. I like that right there. Uh, Devious tweets the show again. I'm so happy with the Miners being 4-1. and one. There is so much improvement from years past. People need to get behind the team no matter what conference they belong to. Forget the Mountain West. They'll never be wa- they never wanted us, and they never will. Hashtag 
picks up. Denver tweets the show, uh, actually shouting out some hockey storylines as well. We'll we'll have the Craft Hockeyville uh, actually exhibition. Uh, it'll be Duke Keith, Kevin Vargas calling the action for us on 600 ESPN El Paso live out at the uh, Coliseum. That'll be a lot of fun tomorrow. Um, but Sal, again, uh, we're talking UTEP football right here, getting a major victory tonight, improving to four and one on the season. Uh, so that's a big that's a big thing that we're talking about here on the show right now. Eight eight zero five seven six three. That's our telephone number as we continue. If you'd like to weigh in, now is the time to do it. We're also at six hundred ESPN El Paso on Twitter. We're going to take our final timeout of the show. When we come back, we'll give out some awards. We'll preview next week and look ahead as the miners take on Southern Miss. You're listening to Miner Talk presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency only on 600 ESPN El Paso. Let's work continuing here on Minor Talk. We're presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency. Adrian brought us along with Sal Montes as we continue here on the show. Got a couple of tweets to get to, but before we do that, let's get to Minor Mike, who's joining us out in Austin. Thanks for tuning in on the show. 8805763. We got two lines available. Minor Mike, what's going on? Hey Adrian. Hey Sal. Thanks. Uh Good call and uh, and, uh, perspective on tonight's game. I wanted to say a couple of things. Number one, is it uh, happy with the outcome, obviously. Um, The other thing, uh, a question for you all that uh, I'll hang up and listen to your answer later is, um, you know, we have such – I'm surprised that Dimmel, coming from the Kansas City background, doesn't use a lot more um, uh, tight end receiving options to, uh, you know, instead of these long passes all the time, something that he can dump down, uh, allow us to dump down. But i got to give credit to Dimmel and, and, and company because when our quarterback went out, um, bringing in uh, the backup and then yep. and, and bringing his skill set, his specific skill set, because i got to tell you, after the block punt and for a score after they had just scored, uh, you could just feel the air in the balloon go out. And all of Minor Nation knows what I'm talking about. Um, we've oh, been yeah. here before. We've seen that. We've seen how it just deflates the team, and it's just like, oh, here we go again. And they modified their um, their play calling and their scheming in order to capitalize. And, I mean, so major credit to them because I didn't see it coming. Um, I'm not even sure they saw it coming, but when they saw it work a couple of times, it just seemed like, wow, um, great, um, you know, mid-mark adjustment in order to make something work. Um, The last thing I was going to say is that uh, Mark and Allen, I don't know where the hell these guys are from or how they ended up in El Paso from Kentucky, but they need to keep calling in because they are um, – they remind me of Pat from the basketball and the football game. Yeah, minor um, Pat. They're, they're yeah. going to end up being huge minor fans that um, I just love hearing somebody who grew up and uh, uh, went to a lot of these games when I lived there. Um, they make – they just bring it for the minor for minor nation, and it's good to hear uh, you know other people um, really really appreciate uh, the product that we have, even though it's not always it's always it's not always a winning product, but it's a product, and it's uh, it's always enjoyable to see. So I'll hang up and listen to you all. 
Hey, appreciate the phone call, Miner Mike. Uh, always appreciate you listening in, and uh, really, really agree with what you said right there. Look, uh, as far as the tight ends go, UTEP's last tight end. And I'm talking about a tight end that they put a lot of trust in, a lot, and a tight end who went out for a lot of different passing plays was Jess Trussell back in 2019, our first year of Miner Talk. The graduate transfer from Purdue. He was six foot five, weighed 250 pounds. Was a guy that you looked at just on paper and thought man UTEP can do a lot of things with this tight end he led he had only 13 catches only 177 receiving yards with a long of 37 uh, on his short UTEP career in that one single season in 2019 we have not seen this UTEP offense use tight ends uh, since the likes of what David Lucero that you're looking at in 2018 that's another graduate transfer right there Uh, point is UTEP doesn't use tight ends I I am surprised too you look at Kansas State and just the way that they operate they love to use the tight end and they've they've done that historically but one of the other things that um, these kind of Kansas State types of teams use a lot is their fullback and that's what they use the tight end as is like this blocking back they're not afraid to throw in Trent Thompson to play in this in the mix they're not afraid to throw in Forrest McKee at the fullback position James Tupo who plays a lot at the fullback position same with uh, a guy like Zach Fryer who even appeared today um, you know as a double tight end position. Point is, UTEP just has two receivers who go out for passes. It's Justin Garrett, Jacob mm-hmm. Cowing. Sometimes they throw in Tyron Smith, and uh, you know, at once in a blue moon, you'll have four wide receivers out, and it'll be Ray Flores also joining the mix. But yeah, Sal, when we're talking about tight ends, we just don't see a pass-catching tight end in this UTEP offense like maybe people would want. Instead, mm-hmm. you see more of a block-first tight end. Yeah, definitely, and I think it's because of the depth at the running back spot. Granted, we would like to see a variety of it, uh, but whatever's working, you know, why not stick with it? I know that there's some questionable play calls at times, um, but at the end of the day, this is a team that is four and one with this style of play, with this kind of method. So maybe we'll see it as the season progresses. It's still very early. I think they're only one game away from midway uh, point of the season, but still, you do want to open up that playbook and get more guys involved because four or five games of uh, or games worth of footage um, is not going to be the same as, you know, nine, 10 games in of the season. So as the season goes on, we're going to find out more about this team, but also so are the other teams. So we're going to do one more tweet and then we're going to do our awards and we'll wrap things up with uh, Southern Miss preview real quick. Joe Chacon tweets the show. Uh, my wife is a listener now because she loves to hear my tweets said on air. Take what you can get. Love this show. Happy night. Go Miners at Adrian Broadison Sal and he has also hashtags repping from Cali now. I'm glad that Joe Chacon's wife, Miss Chacon, is a loyal listener of Minor Talk as well. Big shout out to her. Yeah, we need everybody that we could get. Definitely. That's and, right. Uh, shout out to uh, to Miss Chacon. Shout out to Joe Chacon. Always listening from California and um, definitely much appreciated and we appreciate everybody too. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you on that, Sal. Um, Want to get to our awards on the show today. Uh, 
Sal, we didn't even preview this, but I think we're just going to wing it on this right oh, now. Yeah. Let's do it. Um, our Oscar Arrieta drive of the game, I think it's pretty easy. It's that long touchdown drive that was capped off by a three-yard rushing touchdown by Deion Hankins. To go back on this drive, one more time, we, we, we've said it, but we'll say it again. Gavin Hardison out to start this drive. It's Calvin Brown holds at the quarterback position, has some nice run plays in the mix, and then uh, UTEP gets Gavin Hardison back for a third down play fresh out of the locker room he completes a 24 yard pass to Justin Garrett on the left sideline really nice play there a couple plays later it's Deion Hankins punching it in from three yards out full house backfield the direct snap this time to Hankins there it is Hankins coming left trying to turn the corner cuts it upfield he's got the first down he's got a touchdown Hankins And then on the two-point conversion, it was Gavin Hardison hooking up with Justin Garrett. Now scrambles left, can't find anybody open. Rolls, throws, and it's caught! It's caught by Garrett for the two-point conversion on the back line of the end zone. What a finish to cap off that drive. It was a beautiful eight-play, 63-yard drive that lasted five minutes, and that is our Oscar Arrieta drive of the game. When it comes to any type of insurance, there's only one insurance agent that we trust here on the show, the Oscar Arrieta Agency. Visit them online today at theoscararrietaagency.com. Now for our Golden Nugget Award, our player of the game from brought to you by Legacy Wellness Center. This goes to none other than quarterback Gavin Hardison. It's a tough one, right, Sal? This was a debate. You could you could argue Praise and Mayhule should have gotten yeah. this. You could argue maybe even that uh, that Jacob Cowing could have gotten this again as he eclipsed another 100-yard uh, game. But you got to give credit to Gavin Hardison. Zero interceptions in this game. A pair of passing touchdowns was a perfect game manager for the Miners. Gavin Hardison winning our uh, player of the game presented by Legacy Wellness Center. Tyron Smith in motion left to right and now comes back to the near side and now goes back right. Rolling to his right, Hardison fires into the flat. A diving catch by Smith, right side of the end zone. Touchdown, Miners! What a catch! Love it. Great call there by the voice of the Miners, John Teicher. Really appreciate him. And we really appreciate Legacy Wellness Center when it comes to all types of CBD and Delta A products. There's only one place that we trust here on the show. It's Legacy Wellness Center. When it comes to your Sunday football watching, give their Delta A pre-rolls a try. Also, check out their gummies that they have at their store. It's located at 120 East Red Road on the west side near Upper Valley Urgent Care. That's Legacy Wellness Center. Check them out online, LegacyWellnessCenter.com for more uh, information. Also, just want to say that's our Golden Nugget Award right there. Gavin Hardison winning our first player of the game honors. Uh, It took long enough, right? I mean, for him to finally win one of these awards. But turning the page, looking over to next week, the Miners on the road taking on Southern Miss, who's 1-4 and on the season. Now, um, you know, we, we were just talking about this conference and how it's been kind of, you know, not the greatest conference thus far. Uh, let's read some of the games that happened this year for Southern Miss. They start the season with a 31-7 loss to Southern Al- or South Alabama. They beat Grambling State 37-0. That's their only win of the year. Troy beats them 21-9, and then uh, Alabama destroys them. 
them 63-14. to Plus, yet, uh, today, uh, Rice defeated them 24-19 to to begin conference play. Southern Miss 1-4 on the season. Saturday, October 9th, UTEP has a chance to make it uh, three in a row and, and string off their third straight victory. Can they do it in Hattiesburg against a team that has their back against the wall, that needs a desperate victory? And who knows? I mean, UTEP traveling, that's a, that's a big question mark right there, too. UTEP's got to carry this momentum on the road and can't take anything for granted. Yeah, the season's not over yet. This is a way better start than a lot of people imagine. I think... Um, all of us were kind of in the arena, if not four and one, maybe three and two, which is still really good considering the history. Um, but at, oh, the yeah. end, at the end of the day, Adrian, it's still not over yet. They still got to get some more wins and um, they got to get it done on the road, too. I think that's something that uh, really should be said about this Miners team. They've gotten it done at home. But uh, are they going to be able to win a tight one in Southern Miss out in Hattiesburg? Are they going to be able to get it done against UAB? I mean, these are big questions um, that we have. Those are just a couple of games. But so far, Adrian, so good. Let, let's reel off really quick. I, I just want to do it. Be, let's do a quick exercise. We don't have to go through uh, that much explanation, but just UTEP's rest of the schedule. They're 4-1 right now, okay? Uh, at Southern Miss, I'm calling win. Are you calling win? Yes. Okay. At, uh, at home against Louisiana Tech. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna say yes because I predicted it in. Wow! Our, I predicted it in the um. Uh, what do you call it in our prediction? That's right. <laughs> I'm gonna say no. So I have five and two. You have six and one yeah. at Florida Atlantic. No, I'm gonna say no as well. So uh, I've got five and three. You've got six and two versus UTSA at home. No. No, I'm going to say no as well. So I've got five and four right right there. Um, now I've got them going five and four to at North Texas. What do you have there? I'm going to say no. Wow. Really? Yeah. So you've got 6 and 5 right there. I've got a win, so I'm I'm calling that 6 and 5. Okay. Uh and then versus Rice at UAB. What do they do? Yes against Rice, no against UAB. I'm with you on that. So okay. I've got 7 wins. I think you've got 7 wins. Yeah. So we're saying 7 and 5 for the Miners. Yeah. I think it's possible. And, uh, you know, they did really good in New Mexico and against the New Mexico team in El Paso. So if they got to go to New Mexico for another one, maybe some of that luck could rub off. Yeah, maybe they go to the New Mexico Bowl. Let's everybody get their Greyhound passes for for your December whatever game. That needs to be the floor, though. That needs to be the absolute (laughs) tile, carpet, whatever it is. That needs to be the, the... least expectation of this team from here on out what's the bowl that we can go out to like the nicest vacation type of bowl is it like the boca raton one or is it the gasparilla i i don't know what's the bowl that we're we're hoping for is it new orleans it's like the new orleans carriers bowl where we can go out there (laughs) that'd be fun new orleans whatever the sponsor is this year i don't know maybe a new orleans uh, louisiana bowl where it's the hot sauce. I don't know. I'm with you on that. I like that. I think that we'll, we'll work on some other bowl ideas for UTEP in the future, but for Sal Montes, I'm Adrian Broadus. UTEP improving to 4-1 and one for the first time since 2010. They defeat Old Dominion 28-21. Thanks so much for listening to Minor Talk, presented by Oscar Arietta Agency, only on 600 ESPN El Paso. You've been listening to Minor Talk, presented by the Oscar Arietta Agency. Pick up a clear bag at any one of their seven locations across El Paso. If you missed any of Minor Talk, listen to the show on demand by downloading Minor Talk wherever you get your podcasts.